Welcome to the Apartment Operators Podcast, where you can learn from experienced operators what it really means to be an apartment operator. No fluff, no sugarcoating, just the raw, unfiltered truth of the ups and downs of operating multifamily communities. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Operators Podcast. And today we have Juan Vargas. Did I say your name right? That's correct. Yeah, Juan Vargas. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome. Uh, Great to have you on the show. Uh, We always start our conversations with just giving the guests a few minutes to introduce themselves. And so tell us a little bit about you. What have you done so far? How your portfolio looks like? Uh, Give us a little bit of a picture. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely will. So I got my start um, in in multifamily in 2016, right? So my start in multifamily was 2016. Before that, I was doing single family. Um, And so I got into some single family homes. Um, but then I quickly realized that multifamily was the better option, right? Multifamily was a better option. I'll tell you why. Um, you know, it was because it, it just basic math, it, you know, if you're vacant on, on a single family house, then guess what happens? You know, you're hundred percent vacant, you know, and if you have a 10 unit, you're vacant one unit down, uh, you're still 90% occupied. Yep. And so that was my reasoning. And I was like, man, it just makes way too much sense to go into multifamily. Um, so I, I got into multifamily in 2016. Uh, that was through a 32 unit. Um, and since then, you know, I've been a, a GP and over a thousand units. Uh, you know, we have a deal right now under contract in Houston. It's a 264 unit deal. Uh, so that's another 200 units. But um, I've been a limited partner as well. So I've been a limited partner in over a thousand units uh, because I like to see uh, what other operators are doing, other strong operators are doing. And I, I like to also, you know, just keep the capital moving and keep the capital growing, you know. And, um, you know, that's how you're able to. You know, um, you know, I like the, the, the thought of that, that mailbox money, right? So if you have that yeah. mailbox money coming in and you don't have to do much for it, it's, it's awesome. So I, I did a little bit of, uh, of each, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I know. I keep helping people understand that there's nothing passive about what we do, right? It's like, why do you want to get into multifamily? I want passive income. Well, what we do is not passive, right? If you want a passive, you need to be on the LP side of things, right? If you want to do what we do, if you want to be a syndicator, if you want to buy those and operate them themselves, there's nothing passive about that. Yeah, and you're 100% right about that because um, even on the passive side, whereas it's you know almost you know 100% passive, I mean you still got to do you know look at the financials, right? You got to at least look at the financials, uh, make sure that you understand you know what's going on, um, and you know ask questions, right? So um, I'm on both sides, so I kind of see the both both sides. Um, but, you know, understand the financials, understand what's going on, understand the decisions that are being made, uh, mm-hmm. why they're doing a certain thing, why they're moving a certain way versus this other way, you know, why, why those things happen. Um, because, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to be an operator yourself or, or be active, uh, but you want to be able to understand where your money is, is at and what your money is doing, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, speaking specifically on the active side, um, you know, there, there's definitely... Um, you know, nothing, you know, nothing passive about that because there's a lot of everyday um, operations that you should be involved with. Um, and so, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a day-to-day type of activity, um, you know, and, and I'm going to say this real quick. Um, there's something that, you know, a lot of people out there, they, they want to, you know, be an active person, right? They want to buy their own deals. Uh, why? Because there's, there's more money to be made, right? And we know that, right? There's a little bit more money to be made, but there's a reason for that is because, there's a lot more time and effort and, and, yeah. and um, you know, just a lot more involvement that it takes to be able to make sure that you operate one of these, uh, these deals correctly. That's the kind of thing that be careful what you wish for, right? <clears throat> be careful, be careful what you wish for. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not going to be passive. Um, sure. You can make more money, but um, you know, if your goal is to, to, to be, you know, passive and to you know, spend your time with the family at the beach and just travel the world and then it might not be the best thing, right? Um, yeah. Or you you can be a, a, an active, a, a passive active, you know. Whereas, you know, there's there's ways. We, that's a whole other conversation there. But you can be a passive active, where you know you're not the one of the main lead um, asset managers, so to speak. Yeah, um, there is a lot of SEC questions going on around the passive active thing. So um, I would highly urge everybody that considers something like this to talk to a securities lawyer. Uh, exactly. Yes. So. Uh, tell us a little bit about your organization, right? You're a GP in a thousand units. Uh, are you the lead sponsor in all of them? Are you the one that works with the property management? How does that look like in your world these days? 
Yes, yes. So I am not the, the lead sponsor in all of those, you know, deals. Um, you know, other, um, you know, some of those deals I participated um, in, in other activities, you know, been, you know, a, a guarantor, uh, you know, have helped with, uh, you know, with some capital. I mean, just been involved in, in other different ways, right? Um, but, but um, you know, 550, uh, about half of those units, you know, I am involved, you know, on an active um you know, role in active role as a, as an asset manager, um, and so you know the the deal that we have now this this will be the third um, where I'll be in fully involved, um, and so you know it'll be you know six seven hundred units uh, in that range. So so yeah, you know that's that's uh, overall you know viewpoint. Okay, great. Uh, so do you guys use third party or do you guys do self management? So we use third party, um, you know, we have thought about, um, you know, in the future, maybe doing it in the future, maybe uh, getting a little bit more, um, you know, vertically integrated, but, but for, for the time being, um, we are going to do just uh, third party property management because those guys are the ones that understand uh, the day-to-day operations more than we do. Um, and so we have to, you know, be fully aware of, you know, our expertise and our skill set. Um, and so property management is not one of those. You know, and so, you know, we, we leave it to the pros, you know, for them to handle those day-to-day operations. Yeah, but you got to admit, you'll learn that pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you sure will. You, you know, you'll find yourself learning the things that you didn't want to learn pretty fast. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of things that are involved that, that people don't realize. Um, you know, it's not until you, you actually do get to be involved in a property where you start to see that, hey, man, you know, this is, this is not really what I signed up for, like you said earlier. Uh, but you know, there's a lot more things to it than, than, than people realize. Yes. And one thing for sure, this industry will teach you something new every single day. Um, <laughs> it, it will, it will for the, for the better, for the worse, it's going to teach you something, right? Yeah. Um, one, one thing that's hundred percent certain, and I want to say this to everybody passive or active, you know, no matter what it is that you focus on, uh, one thing is for certain hundred percent. Um, is that those projections, those performance that you see day one, whether you're looking to invest in a deal or if you're an active guy looking to, you know, raise capital and take down your own deal, is that those projections are not going to be right on. They're either, they're either going to be below um, or they're going to be better, you know, wh- whichever, but they're not going to be exact. Um, and, and so um, sometimes you know, that, both, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah some, sometimes both. Yeah. So it's not going to be, yeah, sometimes it's better. Yeah. Up and down, you know, monthly, yeah. um, you know, or yearly, but, um, you're never going to be spot on. And so you have to, you know, do your best to turn to right to the best of your ability and, and, and look at the historicals, you know, that's what we do. We look at the historicals and make sure that, Hey, you know, what we have here, is, is it, is it reasonable? You know, is it sustainable? And, and so that's how we are able to underwrite our deals, you know? Awesome. So how do you go about, uh, um, are you guys in one market? Are you guys in multiple markets? Yes. Yeah. So we are in, in, in Houston now, uh, Houston, Dallas, Phoenix, um, and, and some of my, you know, my other GP deals that are not actively involved in are also in, in, in Dallas. Um, and so uh, one a little outside of Houston that, that I'm involved with, um, and then I'm a guarantor in another deal, with, which is a, a tertiary market um, in Lufkin, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, the, the majority of the deals that we look at are deals that are in primary markets. Um, and, you know, there's reasons for that, you know, versus the secondary tertiary markets. Uh, we just, you know, personally, like the, the primary markets more, you know. Okay. So, um, when, since you're using third party and you're in so many markets in multiple states, I'm going to assume you don't have just one property management. Is that true? That is correct. That is correct. And, and so, yes, you know, that's another challenge that you have to look at, you know, and, um, you know, does your third party property management company that you're using are they active in those other markets that you're also interested in? Right. Mm-hmm. And if they are great. Right. And, and, you know, even if they are, then look at what, uh, what other assets they manage in, the, in that same market that you're looking at. Right. Um, if they're not, if they have one or two deals and, and they don't have a, a good uh, foothold on, on that market, then maybe they're not the right, you know, people to go with. Uh, maybe it's, you know, it's better to look for somebody else that's, that's uh, local, that's more local and, you know, they're headquartered there and they have, you know, several, uh, uh, deals and, and uh, properties that they manage and oversee. So, uh, so yeah, for us, you know, it, we started off in Dallas. Uh, our next deal after that was in Phoenix. Um, and so, you know, uh, our property management company from Dallas, you know, they don't manage in Phoenix. They specifically manage uh, right there in, in the Arizona market. <clears throat> and so, you know, they, they have a strong understanding of the of that market, of, that, of those assets. 
mm-hmm. what goes on there. So, you know, it was an easy decision for us, you know, you know, and, and the other thing about that was, you know, our property management company that we use in there in, in, in Dallas, um, you know, they are able to, to uh, move to another market, right? If the deal's you know, big enough, uh, they can certainly move. But, you know, you have to really look at, you know, how, if it makes sense, first of all, and if it doesn't make sense, then they go with the pros that, that are in that market. And so that's, that's what we did, yeah. Yeah, so, so that, you, you kind of answered some of it, but I want you to dive a little bit deeper about how do you go about finding and evaluating and selecting a third-party property management, right? What's important to you? What kind of questions are you asking? Um, how, right. how do you verify what they tell you? Uh, what do you guys do? Yes, that, that's a very good question. So, so what we do is we look at, or we, we, we always have referrals, right? So we, you know, we have, luckily for us, you know, we have a lot of colleagues that are in the business. Um, and so a lot of it is, is word of mouth, right? And we, we start off with that. Hey, have you used this property management company? Uh, how is the performance? How are your deals operating? How are they performing? Um, you want to ask those kind of questions. Um, you know, assuming that, that, you know, they are, in, uh, they have a good reputation, you know, and those kind of things. Then one of the things that you have to look at as well, in addition to that, is what type of, of assets that they're managing, right? Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we look at is if there's, there's an A class, there's B class and C class. You don't want to get an, an A class manager to manage, your, to manage your C class property, vice versa. You don't want to get a C, C class manager to manage your B plus property. Um, even even B to C is, is, a, is a distinct difference um, because, because there's different tenant profile, right? And so these managers, um, they can operate maybe a B property, you know, perfectly and, and then they'll do the best for that property, but then they go to a C and a C is going to be different. Why is it going to be different? Well, you have a different tenant base, you have a different demographics, you have different uh, uh, ter- type of terms, uh, the tenants uh, demand uh, different uh, amenities for the property. There's a different, it's a different type of clientele, so to speak, right? Absolutely. So, so B and C are, are, are totally different. Um, you know, if I'm looking at a B plus asset, I'm going to go after a B plus manager that has experience that has, you know, that's done it in that. And same thing with the C. Yep. So, you know, just by the way, we don't, we don't look at age, but you know, it just, just uh, used it as an example. So that, that's another um, example what we do. And, and so, um, yeah, are they active in that market? And if so, then um, the other thing that we do is we, if it's the first time we're using them, then we get um, some referrals or we, we ask for an opinion from the local brokers um, that are operating that market, and also uh, the lenders. The lenders have a, have a you know believe it or not they, they have a, a good um, uh, a good understanding of who is the right manager in a certain market. Mm-hmm. So just just get referrals is what I'm saying, and then also understand the type of asset that you're you're buying uh, because it's not going to be the same you know with a property manager to a property manager. Yeah, absolutely, and I I can take it even a step further. I've seen that. Um, the type of resident in your property, right? Or the ones that you're going to target is also important because if you're targeting a 55 and older, it's completely different than a, a community full of millennials, right? Just exactly. a whole different kind of interaction and expectations from the tenant base. And if you'll take a company that managed workforce, you know, a little bit older properties, and you try to give them a property that is full of millennials that have uh, demands and at the same time willing to pay more for what they're getting, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be uh, uh, not working very well. So, 100%. Um, 100%. Um, and for the listeners that haven't listened to uh, our previous episodes, uh, what Juan just said about making sure you find the property management that targets the class you're buying is a repeat thing that we've heard from multiple operators uh, and, and it's just solid gold here. So uh, don't try to take a, a property management that manage A class and give them a B class with the expectation that they'll turn it into an A class. That doesn't work. Unfortunately, doesn't work. the other way does work, right? So you'll take a C class property management into a B class property, it'll turn to a C class real fast. <laughs> so that's, that's just an unfortunate yeah. situation, right? That, so, that's the unfortunate uh, side of it, yes. Uh, okay, great. So uh, do you guys, what kind of profile of properties do you guys like? Do you like the, the value adds? Do you like to stabilize the uh, management play? What is really your bread and butter? Yeah, that's a, that's another very good question. Um, so we like to look for properties 
that, you know, first and foremost, they're stabilized, right? So stabilized. Um, now, that being said, we're not opposed to looking at a deal that, that's, you know, uh, underperforming or, or not stabilized. Uh, we definitely have taken a look at, at several deals like that. Uh, but, you know, if, if we, and, and, and I'll tell you why in, in just a second, uh, but we look for deals that are stabilized um, and um, deals that have some value add potential, right? So, uh, you know, for the last couple of deals that we did, uh, we, these are deals that were value add um, from both uh, a renovation standpoint and also an operational standpoint, right? Um, so the deal that we have now, this is more of a hybrid. Um, this is a deal that we have in Houston. This is more of a hybrid. So the reason why I say that is because the owner or the, the seller um, had done a lot of renovations to the property. And so a lot of the big ticket items were already done and, and taken care of. And so it's, it's already a performing property. Um, you know, they did some of some renovations to the interior units. And so what does that mean for us? That means that we can um, go in there and, and continue that renovation program because the best comp is the property itself, right? You can look at other comps. Yes. But if the property is performing, you know, well, um, and the other comps, you know, do, they do support it, but if the property is performing and, and getting those rents and then that's the best comp you can use. Right. So this is more of a hybrid. Um, and so it has, um, it's already a stabilized property performing well, and it has some value add potential as well. So we, we like to see that, uh, you know, first and foremost, now going back to my first point and, you know, I, I do look at some deals that are not stabilized, but we focus more on the stabilized deals. Why is that? It's because of the equity, right? Our equity, they, they like deals that are stabilized. Um, you know, so I think there's, there's a place and a time for everything. It's just right now, our equity, it, you know, our investors, they like to see deals that are stabilized because it presents a little bit less, less risk for them, right? And mm -hmm. also for us, for everybody involved. Um, yeah. Now, if I had some super aggressive investors and, you know, they, they wanted some deals that, that were, you know, 50, 60% occupied, where, you know, we could turn this property around, you know, you know, putting 15, 20,000 a unit uh, into them, then that's a different story, right? Then I will look for that all day, right? Because that's, that's the strategy I have the guys that to, to, to partner with and, and to work with, you know, for that type of deal. So, so that, that's why we look for stabilized assets because, you know, our equity, um, you know, we, we always think about, the, you know, what, what, is, what do they want, right? And yes. so uh, that's, that's why we, we uh, take those kind of deals down. That sounds good. So um, it doesn't sound like a really heavy value add. Are you handing that entire operation over to the property management? Kind of build the plan. This is what I want to do. This is what I want you to do. And just hand it over to them for execution. Or do you have a separate way of executing the, the value add plan? Right, right. So, so we're always involved in that, right? So obviously, they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to be in charge of the day to day, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and making sure that we execute the business plan um, as, as we requested. Um, and, you know, when we have turns, you know, that they get done, you know, in a timely manner. Uh, but ultimately, you know, if, if we don't tell them and we don't stay on top of them, um, and, and we're, we're not keeping track of the financials and, and seeing what's going on, then, you know, they're going to just do, do it at their own pace. Right. So we have to make sure that, that we, we follow a certain guideline and we, we follow a certain, um, uh, the certain business plan that we have, you know, scheduled for the property, um, like that it can, it can, it can be done. Right. So, so yes, it's yes and no. I would say to answer your question, yes, they do it directly, but we have to make sure that they're, they're doing their job correctly. Right. In other words. Yeah, I'm just going to reiterate something that you said here, right? It's kind of like, you can't just hand over the keys, right? It's really important no, absolutely that you not. stay on top of it and you check and you ask the questions and uh, you hold them accountable because I've seen a few operators or one of the operators just hand over the keys to the property management and it just ends up in a disaster every single time. So... Uh, Absolutely not. You're you're 100 percent accurate in saying that, and 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 I think that goes back to 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 the the, the original conversation that we had. Um, I think you know starting the podcast was you know you know be being active, you know being passive. Yes, you, you can be you technically on the GP side, uh, but are you active or are you passive? You know, are you passive in that? You know, you're you're handing over the keys and letting these guys just just handle their own business and and okay, whatever goes, you know, it happens. It's okay, you know. I'll just report to my investors, whatever you say is going to happen and goes. Um, or are you the guy that's, that's knocking on the door, you know, being active, doing those surprise visits, uh, make sure that, that things are in order. Um, you know, there's a lot more to it than, than just sitting back and relaxing and, and just drinking uh, pina colada, you know, at, at the beach, you know, you just can't, you can't do that, you know? So, um, yeah. you know, you definitely have to be uh, involved. Yeah. And I personally think it's going to be even more important in the next few years. 
because mm-hmm. you know you could have bought something in 2012 2013 and just hand over the keys and the market would probably correct almost every mistake somebody could do right yes, the rents yes. were just going up so fast in the last five years that you know if it's not operated professionally or not efficiently enough you know the market kind of compensates for it uh, but as we get to very close to the top of the cycle and i don't know how close we are right i don't have a crystal ball uh, it mm-hmm. gets more and more critical uh, to to stay on top of it and make sure that no no one takes their time and being uh, slacking around to to get those uh plans executed so i, I think it's going to be more critical in the next few years yeah, no, I, I another one, man. You are right on. You know, I think you know. I would echo what you said. You know, in the 2010s, I think you know. Even um, you know, I saw uh, who was it, JC Castillo, that posted on, on LinkedIn uh, just the other day. Uh, you know, 2010s uh, was a, a you know a decade where we were able to to buy deals. Um, and if you were uh, you know you know a semi you know good operator, or even you can even say you know a kind of bad one, um, you were saved by uh, by the market, right? So the, the cap rates get compressing. Uh, there was a lot of capital coming into the market. Uh, rents kept going up. Um, you know, it just a combination of everything, right? So so even if you did okay, even if you were that guy that was drinking that pina colada at the, at the beach, um, you know, most of the time you're going to be okay, right? Not yeah. every time, but most of the time. Why? Because those cap rates kept compressing the market, just kept going in your favor. Um, and, and so even if you didn't do much to the property, just by the cap rate compression alone, you know, you made out, right? So you, yeah. you go to sell the property and, and you made out, but um, in the 2020s, you know, it's going to be a different story. Um, and, and so, you know, in 2020s, you know, you may not get that same cap rate compression. I don't think we will um, either. I think as a matter of fact, you know, I think that the cap rates are going to start to, to go the other way. Um, so what does that mean? If you're buying a deal today, uh, does it mean that, you know, if, if we do have a recession in the next year, or this year, in two years, whatever, um, what does that mean? Is, does it mean that, you know, everything's going to go, Haywire, and we're all going to be in bad shape. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that necessarily. It just means that you have to be able to uh, properly operate your deals. Uh, make sure that you're staying on top of the, you know what's going on every single day. Uh, your financials, um, you know, and and do what you can. Right. And I think more than anything is going to be tenant retention. Um, you know, make sure that you know that that our tenants that we have the property are being uh, well taken care of. And, and their needs are being met, right? So it just goes back to the basics, man. You know, um, you know, I think a lot of people kind of overcomplicate things, you know, honestly. And, and I think it's just providing the, the, the basic fundamentals that people have or the, the people need um, and, and, you know, and providing them in, in a good way, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, there's, there's amenities that you have to, you know, have and, and, and stay, with, stay with the latest and greatest and as far as technology goes. Uh, but, you know, just customer service alone, just, just the basic fundamental uh, is very important. So, I would think that, you know, uh, you're right on uh, with that statement as well. Yeah. So uh, you're working with the third-party property management. Uh, give us a little bit of a picture of how does that look like? Uh, how often do you talk to them? Who do you talk to? Do you talk to the corporate office people? You talk to the original, you talk to the on-site teams. How often do you show up on-site? Give us a little bit more. Yes, yes. So our third-party property management uh, company, so... Uh, we have weekly, weekly calls, right? And so we don't hardly ever, we hardly ever get on calls with, uh, you know, the corporate office, right? Unless there's something that's going on or, you know, that's out of our control and we need to take care of, uh, which is, you know, hardly, hardly the case. Uh, but, you know, it, usually these calls are with the on-site uh, property manager um, in, the, in the regional. So we have these calls with both of them. Um, and so, you know, we look at over, over everything, what's going on, how many leases do we have? How was the traffic like, uh, you know, how many, was the delinquency like, um, you know, all those kind of questions that we have, you know, if we have any CapEx repairs, uh, or items that are, that need to be taken care of, you know, what's the schedule like, um, you know, what's going on. And, and so we try to stay on top of the, you know, every single, uh, one of those things, you know, on, uh, is those calls are on a weekly basis, but we look over, uh, and communicate, um, you know, I wouldn't say daily hundred percent, but it's almost on a daily basis. Um, and so, um, and so we, we try to visit the property, um, at the very least, um, if, if it's not local at the very least, um, you know, twice a month, once a month, twice a month, depending on where, where it's at. So twice a month for, uh, like our Dallas deal, uh, I have a partner there in Dallas, um, and he's there, um, you know, you don't have to be there every single day, but you know, you got to make sure that you're, you're there, um, and, and have a presence there, um, uh, for our, our Phoenix deal, you know, that's a deal that, you know, obviously I'm in Houston, he's in Dallas. 
So, so what do we have to do? We have to make sure that we, we visit the property at least once, uh, once a month. And so for that one, we also brought in a partner uh, who is able to be there more frequently. Um, and so, so we, we do it as a combination of all three of us. So, um, so yeah, you have to make sure you stay, stay on top of it um, and, and make sure that you're, you're communicating uh, well with them. Okay, great. Uh, so as asset managers, right, but the ones that drive, the ones that operate, uh, do you navigate or direct your property management to do any on-site events or parties or how, how do you, you, you mentioned earlier, and I think you're absolutely right about customer service, right? It all comes down to clean, safe, uh, uh, warm environment, right? But also what we found that for retention, a sense of community is, is really important as well. So uh, do you guys do anything for your residents that kind of uh, our listeners can pick up and, and, and do as well? Yes, yes, definitely. So we always try to stay active uh, with them, um, you know, through uh, like different, different parties, different events. Um, and, and so like, you know, we had a holiday party, uh, you know, Halloween, you know, 4th of July, you know, those, those kind of different events. Um, and then, you know, also whenever we, we do like, like surveys, uh, we'll do surveys. So like, you know, what, what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you would like to have, you know, at the property? Uh, what is it that's missing? We'd like to do those kind of surveys as well. Um, and, and for that, you know, we, we just offer them, you know, something, right? Offer them a gift card or, or something like that, to, like that they're able to do those surveys. Mm -hmm. uh, but it really is, it was the information that we want, you know, and, um, you know, to be able to, you know, know what it is that, that's going on at the property, um, you know, as far as the, the management, is the management going well? Or are they doing their job? Um, you know, those kind of things. Um, as far as, you know, what, what do you guys expect at the property? Uh, what do you like as, as amenities? Um, you know, those kind of things. So we always try to be involved because, you know, if you're not, then, um, you know, they can go down the road, you know, to, to the next guy. You know, why, why, what makes you different than, than the next guy, right? Um, yep. So, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, you, you have to be involved, you know, and we are, you know, we, we try to stay involved as much as possible. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, um, so because you're coming in and doing value add, right? And, and right now you're focused on the light value add, the ones that are all destabilized, um, other than renovating units uh, uh, and increasing rent, what other ways do you guys have uh, uh, to increase revenue? And we're going to talk about decreasing expenses in a second. So let's focus on the revenue side. On the revenue. For a minute. Yes. Yes. Uh, very good question. So, you know, as you know, you know, we could be at the top of the market, um, you know, who knows how much further the, the rents have to go. I mean, obviously, you know, when we look at deals, we always look to, to push the rents, you know, every single time we're looking at a deal, we always find, uh, look for ways that if we can push the rents then great. Right. Um, but you know, as you know, it's, it's, you know, becoming more, more difficult to find deals that pencil out. Right. Because everybody wants to be in the, in the space. Uh, you know, they're asking for crazy prices, um, and so you got to find that competitive advantage. So for us, um, and, and not saying that we, we bank on this, but for us, uh, some of the ways that we've been able to to generate that extra income um, is through through additional income, right? Other income, right? So specifically um, on the other income, we look for sources like covered parking, reserve parking, uh, you know, Wi-Fi. You know, those are like the the three main that we've used for the last you know the last couple of deals, and even our, our deal that we have now. Um, you know, so what do you so do with wi the Wi-Fi? Yes. Very good question. So for Wi-Fi, so Wi-Fi, you know, as I said earlier, you know, we have to make sure that we stay on top of all the amenities and the technology, right? Um, because, you know, tenants, they're, they're you know, there's, there's no tenant out there. There's no, nobody out there really without, you know, a cell phone, right? And so nobody out there really without uh, technology, right? So, so one of the things that we provide with the Wi-Fi is obviously, you know, internet access for, for each unit. So the, the way it works is you know, we, we have a contract with a third party uh, service provider and then, you know, they bill us directly. So we pay them for their services. So now what we're able to do is if, you know, let's say, for example, that on average, they charge us, you know, 30, 40 bucks uh, per, per unit, then we could turn around and, and offer the, the Wi-Fi to the tenants. Um, and, and so we can charge them, you know, 70, 80 bucks. So you make that delta, you make that difference, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's one way that we're doing it. And um, a lot of these tenants are going to get Wi-Fi for their apartment anyways. Yeah. Um, so we're able to offer that service right then and there. Um, and, and we're, we're implementing that in, in, in one of our properties. Um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, we just launched that. Um, and so I can't tell you 100% on the results, you know, right now. 
but you know, we had good long conversations, actually a lot of conversations uh, to make sure that this was something that was achievable. Um, and we even, you know, asked, you know, our, our tenant profile, if, if that was something that they, they would like, and, and you know, it was overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly yes. Um, so, you know, what that does also is that, you know, they are able to um, offer that service right, th right at the very beginning. Um, and then, you know, they, they can be activated, you know, as soon as they, they move in, you know, they have a Wi-Fi uh, done instead of them having to do it on their own and, and going through yeah. the whole process. So, so yeah, you know, ultimately what it does is that uh, for the property, the property level is that you're able to make that Delta uh, between what, what, you know, they're charging you and what you're, you're charging or billing back the tenant. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, like rubs on utilities, mm -hmm. um, kind of the same thing. So, so we're able to do that. So there, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Uh, one is you can buy your own equipment. Uh, so you can, you can make sure that you account for that cost up front um, and then and pay for that. I mean, it's going to vary, you know, um, deal by deal size, you know, it has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, but, you know, that's one way that you're able to do it is pay for the equipment up front. Uh, the other way that you're able to do it is if, um, you know, they take care of the equipment, uh, the third party provider takes care of the equipment. Uh, now you're going to make it less this way, but it's still a way where you are able to come out of pocket, you know, you know, uh, nothing. Right. So yeah, it's like leasing the equipment basically. It's, it's like leasing the equipment. So, so there's downsides, right? There, not everything's going to be an upside. There's downsides. You know, one of them is, is that usually there's, you know, a four or five year contract that you have to sign. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, if, if they don't, if you don't have anybody uh, that is paying for that service, um, you still have to pay for it, right? They're still going to bill you no yeah. matter what, right? So, so there's that. So you have to make sure that you have a, a ramp up type of agreement where, you know, it, it kind of, um, you know, you start off with a few units and then it goes up from there and it goes up into the full, full amount of units. Um, so, so that's one way, but, but yeah, you know, and then the other way, like I said, is, is covered parking and reserve parking. You know, I think that's like reserve parking for, for example, um, I see so many properties that don't even have that. They're not even building back for that, or they're not even charging tenants for that. And it's, it's just something that you can just go over there and, and, and just, you know, uh, uh get a little, you know, painting yeah. on the floor with the, with a, a spot number. Um, and then it's just so easy, right? Just bill them back, you know, for, for a, a spot that's, uh, that's attractive, right? Um, same thing with the covered parking. Yes. With covered parking, it's going to cost you uh, on that one. It will, um, you know, and it depends on you know, which market you're in, but it's the same thing, right? If you're able to, to get the return on that, then, then why not? Then, you know, you should do it. So those are, you know, some of the ways that, that we try to make sure that uh, we, we focus on, on that other income. And obviously the other one is, is, is the, uh, the utilities, right? So uh, rubs. Yeah. Okay, uh, great. So let's look at the other side of the coin, right? Because every dollar we add in income is completely equal to every dollar we can save on operations, right? So uh, give us two, three ways where you guys like to look at specific things and, and maybe reduce some of the expenses. Yes, yes. So uh, one of them is a huge one on a lot of the deals that we look at is payroll, right? So um, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it could be um, an owner that's owned the property forever and, and he, you know, he made some good friends at the property and, and his staff, you know, they're, they, they're, they're good friends or whatever, right? And which is fine, you know, that, that's great. But, you know, if you're trying to, you know, um, have some good returns for your investors, then you got to find ways to reduce that payroll. Um, and, and so sometimes it's because, um, you know, they're overpaying some of the, some of the staff. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because they have too many people um, at the, at the property level. Um, you know, so you just, you have to look at th that, that number um, and then, and find ways, you know, to where you can reduce it, which a lot of ways you can reduce it. Sometimes, you know, you have to increase it, right. Um, because they're understaffed. So, but in a lot of cases they are overstaffed and, 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 or the, the, those expenses are, are too high. So that's one uh, payroll. Um, another one is, going back to utilities, you know, utilities is a big one, but, um, you know, you look at like water, uh, water expenses and electricity, you know, how, how do you cut back on those? Well, have you done uh, a green program? And, and I'm not specifically talking about going through a lender and doing their Freddie Mac or, or Fannie Mae type of green program, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you can get those, you know, they, they, you have their own program where, um, you know, they give you better pricing on the, on the loan. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one way, right? That's just for, for your, uh, for your, for your loan. But specifically what I'm talking about is you doing your own green program. And so, um, what I mean by that is does a property have uh, led lighting exterior wise? Uh, if it doesn't, then that's something that you should immediately, you know, implement and add, right? Because yeah. it's going to go down to you, right? Cause those are not, the tenants don't pay for those costs. You do right. As a mm -hmm. property owner. Um, and, and what about, um, if it's like a, a, a rubs pro, uh, property, or even if it's not a rose property, usually water is something that, that's built back, right? 
um, is not necessarily individually metered, you know, in most cases, right? Um, so, so if you have, you know, toilets, you know, for example, that are old and, you know, they're just, uh, you know, using up a lot of water, um, mm -hmm. you know, even shower heads, you know, those kind of things, then, you know, that's an easy fix. You know, that's a really easy fix. So yeah, it can cost you, you know, $50,000, $100,000 to, to replace all the toilets and, and shower heads and aerators and do all those things. But how much are you saving per month? You know, it's ridiculous, you know, the, the, the number that you can save per month. Um, and then if, if, you, if you do it on a further basis and you, you want to see the, the value that you just added to the property, then you just divide it by the cap rate, right? And just yeah. so like that you're able to even see the value that you, you just increased the property with. Um, so I think it's, it's huge. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, people don't look at. And uh, I think you, you should account for that. If you're looking, if you're active, you're looking for a, for a deal and I mean, look for ways that you can reduce that and, and, and make sure you account for 50, 50 grand, hundred grand, 150 grand, whatever it takes uh, to replace them. And yeah. you're going to see the big savings, you know, um, on the back end um, and, and cash flow wise. So just go ahead and, and make sure you account for that. So th those are the two biggest ways uh, that, that I would say that, um, you know, that, that we were able to reduce uh, those expenses. Obviously, taxes, living in Texas, you know, taxes is a big thing, um, yeah. you know, especially in these. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Especially in, in these primary markets where you're looking at, let's say, like, like in Bear County, which is San Antonio, or, or like Tarrant County, they're pretty aggressive. Um, Dallas County, Harris County. Yeah, there, there's County a, is one of the most aggressive ones. Collin County. Uh, they're, they're super aggressive, right? So, you know, if you let them run over you, they're going to run over you, right? If you don't say anything and you just take it, then, then you're going to get it, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, so, so you have to make sure that, um, that you fight back. Um, you know, if you have to sue, sue them, then you sue them. We'll do whatever you got to do to, to reduce that number. Um, and you know, you'll be able to have some, some strong tax savings there or not. I would say tax savings I mean, is your money that you should get back. You know, they're just taking it from you. Um, you know, so yeah, for our sure out of state, do. yeah, for out of state listeners that live in a disclosure state, Texas is a non-disclosure state, mm -hmm. which means you don't have to tell the county and the state how much you paid for the property. So when they see that there was a transaction that transferred the deed, they're going to try to guess how much you paid, and a lot of the time they might guess higher than what you actually paid. Or they might guess right, but that could mean a big, big jump. So uh, that's what uh, one is talking about, uh, trying to uh, protest that new assessment. And sometimes it has to go to court. Sometimes we, we hire uh, uh, tax attorneys to go to court and, and litigate over that uh, because the, the county just completely overreacted and, and exaggerated on, on the costs. Yes, yes, <clears throat> that's, that's definitely very important to to note. <clears throat> One thing I would say as well is 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 you know speaking of the taxes, um, excuse me. <clears throat> so on, for example, like Texas, you said that we're non-disclosure. So a, a lot of these guys, um, they it wouldn't doubt me. I wouldn't doubt it in my mind that you, these guys have access to a lot of the research information um, uh, platforms out there, like like a CoStar or ALN you know, data or whatever, right? Uh, and the reason I say that is because a lot of these sources, they have those those uh, sales prices, um, you know, where how it transacted and what the cost was and what the purchase price was. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if these guys see that. Um, and then, you know, let's say you buy a property at 20 million and, you know, they're, they're, they're taxing you at 20 million, right? Um, mm -hmm. Evaluation. Then, you know, how can you say that the property is not, not you know, valued at 20 million if that's what you paid for it, you know? So, yeah. you know, that's just one thing that, you know, that's, uh, that, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, I think these guys do have access to all that, you know, and, and I think it, for them it is small cost to pay, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of money that they can be making for, for their county. Yeah. So, so a couple of advice to our, our listeners about how to avoid that is one, make sure that in your contract, uh, you you may, it says specifically in your purchase contract, it says that nobody's going to disclose the sale price uh, because right after you close, uh, the co-star and Yardie and, and ALN, they're going to make a phone call to everybody that was involved. They're going to call the title company. They're going to call the brokers. They're going to call the lenders. They're going to call you and your mother-in-law. Right? They're going to call everybody they <laughs> yeah. can to try to figure it out because yes. that's part of the service they provide for the people that use the data. Uh, so yes. if it's in your contract, then your broker cannot disclose it. And the other side broker cannot disclose it. 
and the lenders and so on and so on. So make sure that it's in the contract. That's one thing. The other thing is a more obvious one. If you get the phone call, tell them, thank you, but I'm not telling you how much I paid for it. Right. Mm, Um, And then lastly, and I don't know if every county does that. I know Collin County definitely does that. Um, They will send you a letter from the county appraisal district that looks very official that says, please fill up the form. And that form asks all those questions. I've seen it, yes. And then in a very, very fine print, it says, well, you don't really have to tell us that, right? Yes. So it's like, usually when I get those letters, it's got, okay, straight to the trash can, right? Uh, But a lot of people don't realize it's optional because it's coming from the county. It's got to be official, right? It's optional. So you don't have to fill it up in Texas. Uh, Make sure that, you know, you follow your state rules and regulations. Uh, that's uh, that's very very good advice very good advice you don't have to disclose it um you know don't fill out those sheets if you get a call you know just ignore it or or give you know answer and say i'm not gonna tell you you know uh it's not not your business you know so it really isn't you know so uh they're just gonna use that to to your disadvantage yes um well being in this business long enough i'm sure you have a lot of stories Give us a, a, a funny story, a horror story, you know, a little bit of both. Uh, well, give us a little something funny uh, for the audience. Uh, yeah, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call it funny because it, it really wasn't. Oh, yeah, you know what? I do have a, I guess it's kind of funny. It wasn't funny to me at the time, though, but. It's um, never so, funny at the time. <laughs> it's never funny at the time. And it's never, yeah, if it happens to you, it's not funny. But, it, you know, you look back on it, you're like, oh, man. Uh, but. So this was my, my very first deal, which was a 32 unit. Um, and so I was a 32 unit that, that we, we owned and, and, and managed. And, and so we had, we were doing renovations in a, in the office, which was really a storage unit, right? It was a storage unit that we converted into an office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, cause it, there was no really, uh, no real office at, at the property on site. I have so we're using yeah. this. You had one of those. Yeah. So you just got to do what you got to do. Right. So, um, and so we had this office and we had, we had, you know, running water to the property or to that office. Um, and so it, it, we went through like a, a big freeze and, you know, as you can guess, uh, you know, we got a call from the tenant, from one of the tenants. He's like, Hey, you know, I think you guys, I don't think it's supposed to be this wet cause it really hasn't rained, but I see a lot of water. I just want you guys to know. And it was like, like 1030 at night. Um, and we're like, Oh great. And it's like freezing out, you know? So, so then we go out there. Uh, and then, you know, of course you can't see anything is dark and, and there's water everywhere, uh, but you know, there's a shutoff valve. So here we are, you know, digging through it, you know, digging through all the mud, through all the water, through everything, uh, freezing water, just to be able to find the, the shutoff valve. We ultimately found it, but after it had made like a, a big disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was, it was because, you know, it wasn't properly insulated, right? We should have done a better job of insulating the, the pipe. Um, and so it's just one of those things. Hey, hey, you know, you think that's like the worst thing in the world, you know, is it your worst day ever. Uh, but it's one of those things you look back on it and, and you, you kind of learn from it a little bit. Right. And, um, you know, it makes you, you know, makes you a better, uh, better person, uh, I guess, a better owner. Right. Um, those kind of things. Uh, but it's not funny at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you, you, uh, you pay attention to the weather uh, and, and you have your pipes that are well, um, well covered and, um, uh, that you know is that gonna is that gonna happen? You know, yeah. So that's time. a good that's a good operational tip comes out of this story, right? It's like watch yeah. the weather, and if the property the weather, yeah. <laughs> if the weather is gonna drop below zero, right, or below thirty two, um, you're gonna have to make sure that the day before your team runs around the property and all those faucets that come out of the buildings have the covers on top of them. If you have pipes that are coming out of a machinery room or a boiler room that they are insulated, right? This is a very good operational tip for our listeners, right? It's kind of like, you don't think about these things, right? But then one of those incidents will teach you real fast to watch the weather. And if the weather is gonna drop uh, below the freezing point, you gotta, you you have a task list for that day. You Uh, you definitely have a task list. And and, and really, you know, you should should be able to, um, you know, whenever you know winter winter time is coming, uh, make sure that you prepare then, Don't, don't wait till, Tell me like what, where I did it after, after the fact, you know, don't, don't do that. You know, yeah. make sure that you prepare, you know, a couple months in advance. Um, not that whenever it does come, you know, you're, you're, you're fine. Just make sure you monitor your, your property. But you know, this is assuming that you have a smaller property um, and, or, you know, you're, you're doing your own uh, management, you know, so 
um, which a lot yeah. of us, you know, do still, right? So, um, so yeah, very good. Awesome. Well, uh, if you talk to a new operator, somebody that just signed the contract or just completed an acquisition, right? Uh, but it's the first property they're going to operate. Uh, what's the best advice you would give them? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. Um, um, what I would say is to uh, make sure that they are on top of their property. Um, you know, every single little thing, um, you know, that they're on top. And, and so um, if, if you're doing this for the first time, you're not going to know everything. Um, that, that's, that's just a given. You're not going to know everything. Um, yep. But make sure that you're, you're asking your, your, your team. Uh, your property managers, um, all those questions, right? And and there's never a dumb question in this industry, uh, because you know we've you know these not not only the property manager but um, everybody that's in, been in this industry, you know, have gone through different things, um, and so always ask questions. Um, you know, don't you know don't have that ego uh, going into the property because um, you know it could turn in, into uh, a real bad uh, situation real quick. So uh, don't be afraid to to ask for help. Is 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 really really what I'm trying to get at. Um, you know. Uh, ask for help and, and be willing to take that advice from others that, that have been done, doing it much longer than you have. Yeah, that, that's a really good advice. Like I said earlier in our conversation, this industry will teach you something new every day. It doesn't matter if you're doing it for three years, 30 years or 300 years, there is still something new every single day. All the time, all the time. And so, you know, I, I haven't, there's a lot of things out there that I haven't gone through myself um, and you know, if I do experience that, then I'm gonna have to, you know, reach out to the guy that that's been there longer than I have that, that can, you know, help me out with that situation or, or, or somebody I always have somebody, you know, with you, somebody that you can contact, um, somebody that you can um, ask for, for help from, uh, because there's a lot of moving pieces to these deals, um, is not just rent, um, and expenses. It's just, that's just uh, one piece of it, you know, um, you know, that's certainly one, one of the most important ones, but not, that's not all of it. So make sure that you have a, a good team and, and you're willing to ask for help. Yeah, that, that's a really good advice. Um, our last question that we ask usually all of, our, um, all of our guests is, if you could go back in time and, and meet young Juan, right? And mm -hmm. let's say that you cannot tell them that 2009 is the bottom, buy everything, okay, right? Let's put that aside. What okay. would you tell young you? Uh, what time? advice would so, you give yourself? So I knew that 2009 was going to happen or, or I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, you can't tell them that. You can't tell yourself that. Oh, I cannot tell myself that. Okay. So if, if it was, if it was, you know, back then and I knew that I wanted to, uh, to get into, uh, into to real estate at that time, um, then, you know, yeah, I think, you know, it goes back to um, having the, the, the right mentors uh, because I think, I think it's so, so huge, right? So having the right mentors uh, to, to learn from, um, to re reduce mistakes from, um, you know, if I didn't know that the, the crash was going to happen, um, you know, if I did know, then obviously I, I would buy anything and everything because yeah. as we know, you know, every, you know, people that bought then, you know, um, did very, very well. Um, if I don't know that was going to happen, which, you know, back in 09, I didn't know it was going to happen. Um, and so, um, yeah, just, just be prepared. Um, and, and have the right, you know, mentor, so to speak, uh, that can help you uh, with growth, right? So that's one of the best things is, is just having the right team. Like I said, you know, having the right team, having the right people, um, because if, if you don't, then you can get burned really quickly. Right. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll help you uh, navigate through some of these, um, these issues that arise because they will arise. Um, and, you know, you're able to get through them much easier, much, much quicker. Oh, that's a that's a really good advice. Having mentors, uh, um, no matter at what level you are, having people around you, whether they are at your level or preferably a few steps down the mile from where you are right now, is always a good idea. Um, I know I'm part of a few masterminds exactly for that reason. Mm -hmm. I, I look online, I connect in conferences with other owners. Uh, exactly for that reason, because this industry teaches you so many things all the time that when you bang your head against the wall, and even if your team that has decades of experience is banging their head against the wall, having <laughs> other people that might have randomly crossed the same path as you do uh, mm -hmm. is super critical and can really save your, your, your behind on these things. Yeah, and, 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 it, and I guess it goes back to 
well, how, how do you know who to reach out to, right? How do you know who that right mentor? Because everybody says find a mentor, find a mentor. Yes, you know, there, there's, there's a couple of different ways. I mean, one is uh, simply, you know, paying for a mentorship program, right? You can do that and, and that, that works out well. Um, or somebody that's, that you can just simply add value to, right? Somebody that, that's, that you know is an owner, you find out that, you know, who that owner is, you, you, you find them and you reach out to them and you just add value to them. Don't, don't look for your own things. Don't know that. Just add value to them any way you can. And, and they, they naturally and organically become that, that mentor to you. Um, and, you know, whenever you do need, you know, their help, you know, for any one, you know, property that you're looking at, whatever, they'll be there for you, right? So don't force anything, you know, make sure that it comes out more naturally, more organic. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, those are really the, the best type of, of mentorships, in my opinion, because, you know, yes, the paid ones are, are, are great. Um, you're going to get some, some great people behind there. Um, and, you know, the network around there is going to be great. And I've done those myself. Um, but, you know, you find that one person who's, who's done it um, and just become, you know, they're a really good friend. Um, and, yeah, I think those are, those are the best ways that, uh, to have a mentor. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to be conscious of your time. Uh, how can our listeners find you if they want to reach out, if they want to invest with you, if you want to ask you any questions, uh, how can they find you? Sure, sure. That's uh, Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. Uh, it's Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. Or they can, you know, reach out to me, uh, you know, through social media. I'm on, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, um, you know, even Twitter. Um, so you can reach out to me, any one of those platforms, uh, thejuanvargas.com or yeah, thejuanvargas.com. That's another one of my websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's at thejuanvargas for the social media uh, platforms. Yeah. And we'll put links to all of those in the show notes. Sweet. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, and thank you. Well, Juan, thank you so much for being a guest today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, hey, no, no, I was going to say, man, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. I love the questions that you asked. Um, you know, a lot of solid questions, and, and I like your, your, your knowledge as well. And, and, you know, and I hope that, you know, your, your show continues to, to do really awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And to the listeners, if you want to listen more to our show, our website is the um, appopr.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, all the usual suspects for uh, getting your podcast. Uh, we'll also appreciate it if you take a couple minutes and put a review for us. And until the next time, thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to enjoy more episodes, please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. For questions or feedback, please visit our site at www.aptopr.com.